Hello and welcome to the Old Casters, the weekly pod where two old men have a laugh, moan, and talk a load of nonsense and on the way. We also try and learn something new if our old brains can handle it. We are Smith and Jones, and without further ado, oh hi Mark. Without, well, without, without further ado. Hi Ben. How are you, sir? I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, doing pretty good. I mean, it was a short week last week, uh, entering in a long week this week, but no, work is work. You have to work to earn the pennies in order for us to sit here and uh, talk a load of nonsense along the way. <laughs> yes. Now, is it me, Mark, or... It's a bit crowded in here, isn't it? It is, it is a touch <laughs> crowded, is it not? There's something poking me in the behind, and you're in front of me. <laughs> is it poking you in all the good places? Mm, I'm quite enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> We are joined by Kit Kat Kin, also known as James. Good evening, James. Good evening. It's so good to see a guest back on the old cast. It's Mark, yes? Yes, and the first time we've got a guest here for the entire episode, which is the way we're going to do it from now on. <gasps> and I'm, ve- <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. I'm nervous, excited, Shitting and jizzing at yeah, the same I don't, time. Everyone says that. Everyone's really nervous about coming on, and I don't get it. It's just idiots having a chat and nonsense. Do you know? <laughs> I know, yeah. And plus, because we record as well, cast listeners, as you know, so Mark has the power of edit. Mm. The, you don't even have to worry about what you say, because we can edit it out. Yeah, <laughs> the power of editing. Yeah. <laughs> the power of editing. <laughs> Unless I want to make you look stupid. Yes. Well, we do enough of that on our own, mate, then we? Yeah, we can do that by ourselves. <laughs> Quite sufficiently. First of all... I believe there's something that I have a family called Poogate. It refers to a certain lovely gift provided by Mummy Smith. Yeah. Of, of all different chocolate poos that uh, that went with the NHS Check Your Poo range. I thought, what was it called? It had an official title, the doctor. The Bristol Stool Chart. That's it, the Bristol Stool Chart. <laughs> And it got made into a lovely, lovely video by yourself and the, the reaction of all the different poos. Um, I'm definitely not eating that, that uh, the, the watery-looking poo. Number seven. Yeah, I might give that one a miss. but I think it's just chocolate sauce. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's just the thought. It's just the thought. But yes, it's been immortalised into uh, the YouTubes, has it not? It has, yes. On the uh, Old Men Army YouTube channel. I think you can find that if you go to youtube.com forward slash at Old Men Army. I think that's a very good place to go and see it. <laughs> I hope that our car systems have gone and had a look. I know you've shared it in many places, but I think I need to get rid of this moniker, this poo-eating moniker in 2024. It's, it's like a cloud, like a stormy cloud over my head because I wouldn't rather eat poo. I tell you what, James, you, you come along, he says, look, Ben, I just want you to record a couple of lines yeah record a couple of lines and then i can add them in to what i need to and then all of a sudden not only is it a a redemption on his youtube uh, on his twitch channel it gets used on me as regular as clockwork oh believe me i know (laughs) 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 he's probably thrown you under the bus for that one all right i only thought what's funny things (laughs) that ben has said that i could use for the soundboard and i was like oh i was listening to the, the previous week's episode of the podcast and you said I would rather eat poo. Yes, but in a quirky way, Mark. And not I would really eat poo. You know, would you rather eat a dead pigeon that's roadkill? Something, um, one of them sort of beasts that 
old Luke had to cut open in on Hoth. You said I would rather eat poo that tastes like chocolate, but you just left a really big pause. <laughs> you went, I'd rather eat poo um, that tastes um, like chocolate. <laughs> was that as the fuss again? See, you've ruined my segment that I was going to bring. It was going to be what would what would Ben rather eat, poo or <laughs> subject? <laughs> well, you can still do it. <laughs> still do it because I bet your poo wins on whatever you've got going working for me. Well, let's see. And also, Mark, the the more special of the two subjects we've got on our correspondence bit is uh, you have a new office, sir. I do have a new office. I'm I'm, I'm sat in it right now. Please tell us. Um, you decided. I think we was talked about it last week. You was talking about the. You was going to redo it. You wanted a fresh space to work in. You wanted a brand new twitching area. And podcasting area and editing area and all of that because my pre- I've, I've recorded the whole the whole ordeal. So I'm going to make it into a, a, a vlog, a video for my YouTube channel, my personal one. Yeah, the, the office that I was working with a week ago was an absolute shithole. It was, <laughs> it was crowded. There was stuff everywhere. It was, it was dark. It was horrible. It wasn't a, it wasn't a fun space to come to come in and 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 do the work. A fun space to come in. Hammeroff. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. The tone of the episode has been set between poo and coming. <laughs> so, Mark, w- when can we expect to see this time lapse slash new? Look at the Marco Heater office. When can we expect to see Hopefully this? Hopefully, end of this week, next week. Oh, okay. More so it's going to take me a while to edit it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and I need to edit this. That what we were doing right now first. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you love an edit, mate. You love it. But mm. uh, from the pictures that I've seen, cast listeners, it looks like a fantastic space. He's got all his game of goodness RGB lights coming at the wazoo. <laughs> and I don't even know what a wazoo is, but I've heard it using many. Would films. you like to see one? I'll show you my wazoo. <laughs> I want to know what noise it makes. <laughs> ha! <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we look forward to seeing that. Will that be available on your own or the old men? Yes, YouTube channel? my own YouTube channel. Ooh, where can we be finding this, please, Mark? That'll be youtube.com forward slash at Marco Heater. <gasps> Self promotion. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, as Mark was saying, and I was saying we have the lovely James with us joining us for the whole episode as the new format we spoke about last year. James will be adding in or taking away whatever he likes from this episode, and we hope he has a jolly old time with the old casters. Let's give it a good go, shall we? Let's give it a go. Any other uh, correspondence, uh, Mark? I, I don't have any. Maybe you something, do. Something else happened this week. Stephen is lost. Two, two days ago. <gasps> of course. Cast listeners, it was Mark Smith, a.k.a. Mark Ahita, a.k.a. I'd rather eat poo creator, is birthday. Yeah. And it's still your birthday weekend, yes? Yes, yeah. Yeah, today was party day, really. Should we serenade him, Ben? You may not be a lady, <laughs> but you're all custard. <laughs> I'm custard. Where it came out wrong. What was uh, what's the lady's name who did that again? The she was oh the northern lass. Oh, it was Custard McGee. <laughs> that wasn't the name, was it? <laughs> what was it? it li- no, I want to say Liza Minnelli. It weren't Liza Minnelli. What was? Oh, what was the lady's I don't name? really know. Anyway, that was she was an English lady. I know that much. 
Yeah, it came out all wrong when I sung it. But I oh, serenaded you, nevertheless. Would you like yes. to be sung happy birthday for the car? You don't have to if you don't wish to. Do you want it? <laughs> Count as in, Mark. I really want it. I know you do. I want it so bad. You ready, James? I'm ready. Three, two, one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Marcus. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mark. So, <laughs> thank you. How does it be to feel to be forty nine? Oh, mate, <laughs> I feel forty nine going on sixty five. To be honest with you, hi, ghost. Yes, he's just gone and uh, he's protecting the protecting the garden from. He's moaning about the singing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me out, goddammit! But yes, no, thank you very much. It was my birthday on Friday. Friday was a quiet one. We just went out for dinner in the evening with just me, Mary, and my parents. Went to the Italian place in town, which was fucking banging. Yesterday, I drove for miles and miles to Kent and back to watch Stevenage lose. Let's, that's enough about that. And then today was birthday with Mary and the kids and my parents and my godparents, which was wonderful. And I've eaten lots and I feel quite sick. Well, there you go, Carl's listeners. Uh, Mark Hayes' birthday has been, there you go. He, it has been had. He is that year older. Crazy facts, crazy news, crazy facts, and crazy news. So, we have two crazy facts, as always, and James gets to weigh in on these ones too. So, first of all, number 16. If you've always thought that your store-bought wasabi tastes more like horseradish, you're probably right. It's often used as a substitute, as a, as a substitute since real wasabi is very expensive. Correct. I knew that one. I didn't. Feels like a bit of a cop-out from the wasabi producers, does it not? Well, it does, and it doesn't, because wasabi only lasts something like 15 minutes or something like that before it loses all its flavour. What? Yeah. Jesus. So, I'd rather have green horseradish, to be honest. And if you've ever... <laughs> I think I've had proper proper wasabi as well, and it is proper blow-your-bollocks-off stuff if you have it properly. They bring it out with a little grater and literally grate the root in front of you. Oh, right, right. Okie dokie. Yes, yes. Because that was for one of Mary's birthdays. I can't remember which. I took her to Farringdon in North London. We went to a Japanese tea room and we had <laughs> Japanese afternoon tea. They use that there, did they? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they had proper wasabi there. Wasabi tea? No, not tea. The tea there wasn't <laughs> wasabi in the tea. Would you like sugar or wasabi? My favourite thing from that day was the toilets. They had the proper Japanese toilets and I was obsessed. Oh. I was like, need a wee every 30 seconds. Oh, I think I need another wee. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just sit there press the button? Yeah. <laughs> need one for my office. It's got all the RGB lights. <laughs> so we used them when we was in Japan. Our, our hotel had one in one. But the trouble is, towards the end of the week we were there... Your butthole did get rather sore from all the washing that it would it went through. That's supposed to do the opposite, isn't it? 
No, it was rough, mate. Towards the end, I don't think like, you're no. supposed to put the jet actually up your bum, jet. Uh, well, no, thing. it was. You pressed the button; it was happening. It was like <laughs> the bidet and all that in one. But towards the end, yeah, very raw. Is it a white knuckle ride? Was it going to the toilet? Was it? <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, just don't press the button, especially at night. You, they all light up, and you're like, which one's that one? Then, oh, no, I've done it again. <laughs> Sat on the toilet like <laughs> <laughs> the warm toilet the seat was very out. nice. Don't get me wrong, but the uh, the jet of water towards the end of the week was not fun. <laughs> Maybe we had it set to high pressure or something, but set to colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> so there he goes. What do, what do we think of this? Have you ever had wasabi, James? I can't say I have actually. No. Are you a hot person? Hot, hot, as in hot. Oh, food. he's a hot person. Oh, look at me. <laughs> he's up Vidal Sassoon all in one because I'm worth it no I would say in terms of blow your balls off and mm-hmm. Onken I'm on the scale of Onken <laughs> <laughs> about a corner is the yeah. most I can go that's fair play. Yeah, I'm a bit of a wuss. A bit of a wuss. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. We, we've had many discussions about hot food. And I know Mike, like, Mike Mark likes his spice. Good old Mike. I do. Um, but I'm the same. I, I often find you end up just tasting heat. It's like, oh, that tastes lovely. That tastes like heat. Yeah, so, I don't. I wouldn't eat like, I don't have like a vindaloo. Because I, I don't see the point in spicy food that's just spicy for the sake of it. Yeah, because there's like no flavour. Yeah, it's just. It's I like just a heat. habanero sort of level of heat. They're quite nice. I still find them quite hot. I wouldn't go hotter than that. I thought you were going to say Haribo there. Would you like from treehugger.com five things you never knew about wasabi? Ooh, treehugger.com? <laughs> yeah. Here's Mark. The wasabi plant is hard to grow. Uh, the wasabi plant, which dates back to the 10th century in Japan, is difficult to cultivate. It grows in cool, shady mountain stream beds, mainly in Japan. But growers have popped up in Taiwan, the United States, and other countries, according to Real Wasabi, a company that grows and imports wasabi. The plant thrives between 46 and 70 degrees, but can't tolerate direct sunlight. It's so hard to grow wasabi that supplies become scarce as demand has increased and wasabi has become quite expensive. Which brings us to the next fact. What you buy in the store probably isn't real wasabi. I'm not going to go into that one because that is what you've just said. It's horseradish and green. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Good old green. Didn't have you watched Clarkson's Farm? Either of you? I was going to say I've seen him. Doesn't he, he does, grow wasabi? Yeah, yeah but mm-hmm. it's his stream. Yeah, I don't think it went very far. No. Number three, it's a member of the cabbage family. Wasabi is a member of the oh fucking hell, Brassicaceae family, which includes cabbage, horseradish, and mustard. Wasabi is sometimes called Japanese horseradish, but that's not correct, as horseradish is a separate plant. It grows submerged, and while the portion of the plant that grows underwater looks like a root, it's not. It's actually the stem. Uh, Number four, wasabi is a nutritional powerhouse. Since we use wasabi in small amounts, we don't get a big nutritional benefit from it. However, this little plant still packs a healthy punch. According to Dr. Joseph Mercola, an osteopathic physician, wasabi has anti-inflammatory and anti-microbial? Is that how you say it? Microbial? Mm -hmm. Microbial? Properties. And it contains potassium, calcium, and vitamin C. And according to Chemical and Engineering News Magazine, Wasabi's... Oh, fucking... Why did I choose this article? Isothiocyanet <laughs> are thought to alleviate symptoms in a number of disorders, including allergies, asthma, cancer, inflammation, and neurodegenerative diseases. Good for the brain, then. It's not good for my brain, clearly. 
them all over the place. And the last one is real wasabi loses its flavor quickly. That's it there. Once a real wasabi paste is made, it loses its zing in about 15 minutes if left uncovered. The traditional way to grate wasabi is with a shark skin grater or an oroshi, which has the texture of fine sandpaper. Pro tip, because the flavor and heat fade so fast, it's best to grate it as you need it. Ooh, so all of you wasabi lovers out there, grate it quick. If you can afford it, that is. I feel enlightened. <laughs> it was a zen moment, mate. Yeah. I wonder why I fell asleep. <laughs> hey. So, uh, number 43, the moon has moonquakes. They occur due to tidal stresses connected to the distance between the earth and the moon. Moonquakes. Have you ever heard of moonquakes, James? Sounds like a cereal. <laughs> Sounds mm. like a Bond film. What a bowl of moonquakes. <laughs> does sound like a Bond film as well. Yeah. <laughs> Moonquake. <laughs> I don't really understand what that means about the uh, the distance between the Earth and the Moon causing tidal stresses. Yeah, I don't either. I just read the uh, quote. I, I often try and find <laughs> quotes that I don't understand, but I'm running out of my teachers.com quotings now. Do you think it could be the opposite effect of the, what is it, when the moon affects the tidal? Well, because the moon's gravity is what makes the tide, isn't it? Yeah. So do you think it works opposite? The other way. And makes the moon go, <laughs> 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 oh, that's cold. <laughs> Weird. Don't know. What I do know is that I went on, because I thought this was about our level, I went on National Geographic Kids. Hey, now you're talking. Yeah? You like that? Yeah. And the little train went choo, choo, choo. It has facts about the moon. It has 10 of them. I've whittled it down to five, so it was similar to the wasabi. <laughs> I, got rid of, I got rid of the stuff that was like, the moon is a rock. Because, duh. We're going to call him Mr. Cheeseface from now on. <laughs> Having said that, number one, the moon is a dusty ball of rock <laughs> measuring 3,476 kilometers in diameter. That's roughly a quarter the size of the Earth. And Ben, I remember you telling me that Australia is wider than the moon. It is another one of the facts. That's a good one. That fact you told me was before we recorded an episode when we did like a dry run of a podcast. That's right. Good memory, mate. And it's still, and it's still like my favourite fact you've given me and it was never recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was interesting. The fact number two, because it takes 27.3 days for the moon to travel all the way around the Earth and complete its orbit. Rather than Ooh. 28, it's 27.3. What happens in that point three of a day, do you reckon? Point seven. What's, point seven. What, how, do, how do months work if it's... I don't know. It's a leap month. Yes, yeah, mm, I'm sure I month. got told this in science. I'm sure they told me that because obviously this, we we round it as 365 days, but every so often it's 365.6 or something like that. Well, that's how that's how leap years work. Is because a year is 365 and a quarter days, which is why every four years we get an extra day. There you go. There you go. Thank <laughs> you, Mr. Hobbs of Robert Manning Science School. There well you go. I hate maps. Uh, number three, as the moon travels, it rotates on its own axis, just like our planet. It takes roughly the same amount of time for the moon to make a full rotation as it does for it to complete its orbit. This means we only ever see about 60% of the moon's surface from Earth. I thought that was fascinating. 
the, that part that faces the earth is known as the near side and the other side is the far side. So there's 40% of the moon that we've never seen. I wonder if that's the bit where Mr. Spoon lives. <laughs> he lived on Button Moon, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. He used to love Button Moon. Button Moon, Button Moon, Mr. Spoon. Yeah. Because it rotates on its axis at a pretty similar speed that we rotate on our axis. So we only ever see one side of it, really. About 60% of it. Do you think the 40% is the part that's made of cheese? Maybe. Do we think flat earthers think mm. that the moon is flat? It's just painted in the sky, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, mate. It's all done now. There's time work. Shh. shh. <laughs> should be quiet. Number four, the temperature on the moon varies from super hot to super cold. When the sun hits its surface, temperatures can reach a scorching 127 degrees Celsius. But when the sun goes down, temperatures can plummet to around minus 153 degrees Celsius. Need more than your fact of 50 there, wouldn't you? Yeah. 127 <laughs> degrees. No thanks. And then the last one that I selected was, like Earth, the moon has gravity, the force that pulls things towards the ground. But the moon's gravity is weaker. Only one-sixth of the Earth's gravity, in fact. That means you'd weigh much less if you were to stand on the moon. So I'd quite like to go and move to the moon, if that's okay. I'd like to weigh a sixth less than I do. No, not a sixth less than I do. I'd like to weigh one-sixth of what I do. It's not slimming world. We'll just go to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Look at me go. It's <laughs> a so question for you both. The seemings we seem to be getting closer and closer to these moon-esque traveling, you know, the outer atmosphere traveling things that they've been talking about for many moons. Many, mm-hmm. many moons. <laughs> Would you two ever consider if they, if they, if it weren't like, you know, winning the lottery twice over for a ticket? Would you two? Leave the atmosphere on one of these magical planes that are going to build with shuttles, whatever they're going to be. Would would you two sign up and say, "Yeah, I'd, I'd do that"? Would you be on on the whatever it's called, the shuttle? If it was EasyJet, absolutely not. <laughs> you have to buy your oxygen extra. Twenty nine pound return. <laughs> it's like we were talking about the uh, Titan submersible last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you wouldn't catch me dead for want of a better phrase in a in a submersible in the ocean. <laughs> So um, I feel the same way about space, really. I'm kind of terrified of that as well as as, as much as the ocean. If they were just going to sort of plonk a house there and say, there you go, <laughs> yeah. you're now there. You've had I'm a like, stick no, of rock sorry. on your way. <laughs> if it was 99.9% safe, nothing's going to go wrong, you can get it from Earth to the moon, maybe. It'd be cool. It'd be cool to get off this rock. Except when you, uh, you know, the pilot or astronaut or whoever's partner says uh, that today the AI flying you is called HAL 9000. <laughs> what if they just put you in like a really powerful cannon and just blow you off the face of the earth? Just point you in the direction of the moon and go... <laughs> yeah, maybe not on that one. Yeah, I don't think I'd do it either. I'd, I, I mean... Yeah, I, I think I'll wait till they perfect that a bit more like with uh, hoverboards mm. and Back to the Future Part 2. Yeah. So there you go, as I normally there say go. there. Moon and wasabi. What an awesome pair. Moon Sabi. Moon Sabi. Wasabi Moon would be a great <laughs> band name. James's Moon Sabi. Some crazy news? Ready. Blind Mystic Baba Vanga's predictions for 2024. They're here. Are you ready? <laughs> Who said that? Baba Vanga may have passed away almost three decades ago. But her legacy as the Nostradamus of the Balkans continues to live on. (laughs) 
Bulgaria's legendary mystic made a name for herself across Europe, predicting the Chernobyl disaster in Ukraine, the death of Princess Diana, New York's 9-11, and even her own death on August 11th, 1996, at the age of 85, her followers claim. For those who have somehow never come across her life story, she lived in Rupit, a small mountainous village to which various Eastern European and Soviet leaders trekked to just for a chance to seek her wisdom. Blind since early childhood, Vanga was semi-literate in Bulgarian, and although she did not record her prophecies, her followers wrote them down, later turning them into books. And then every Christmas, metro.co.uk, which is where I'm getting this from, shares the clairvoyance predictions for the New Year's for believers. So, are you ready? Do you want to want to find out what's happening this year? Let us down. Can't wait. We ha- have the end for Vladimir Putin. Russia's president is right to fear for his life as the mystic foresaw an assassination attempt. Apparently, in 2024, not an international agent, but someone from his own country will attack him. Terrorist attacks on Europe. Europe is supposedly set for increased terrorist attacks in 2024, the clairvoyant allegedly warned. No further details have been shared about which country may be hit or when it may happen. If I eat some wasabi, it might be my ass. <laughs> so that's her basically saying something might happen sometime. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> so a surge in cyber attacks? Multiple governments have suffered exhaustive cyber attacks in 2023, spending millions on protecting themselves. Hackers targeted Israel, Russia, and Belarus, amongst other victims, and further hits are expected. Vanga warned that these will not be the run of the mill hackers. They are levelling up in sophistication, targeting critical infrastructure like power grids and water treatment facilities. And then the last one on here is medical and technological breakthroughs. Thankfully, it's not all doom and gloom. Ah, good. Ending on a good note. Vanga reportedly said there will be new treatments for incurable diseases. According to Sky History, this will include Alzheimer's and cancer. The mystic also predicted that there will be a major breakthrough in quantum computing. Mark, yeah, I've made the list of my favourite mystics. Would you like to hear them? I hope Mystic Meg's on there. Mystic Meg's the first one. Yes. Mystic Meg is my first favourite mystic. Followed by, can you guess the next one? No. Septic Peg. (laughs) A sister. Of course. Of course. And then followed by the Oracle from The Matrix. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, was the spoon really bent? All that jazz. And then finally, Keanu Reeves. Is he a mystic, is he? Yeah, he's Baba Yaga, isn't he? Oh, is he? <laughs> so I did there, the Baba bit. I know that's a nightmare thing and it's a mystic thing, but I thought it'd be quite funny. Yeah, Mystic Meg, Septic Peg, the Oracle from the Matrix, and Keanu Reeves, a.k.a. Baba Yaga. What about Mystic 7 that makes the Pokemon Go YouTube videos? <gasps> <laughs> Oh, I forgot all about it. You know, I spent ages <laughs> trying to Google mystic personalities and it just coming up with like, why are mystics weird? Why are mystics? No, I want mystics. I predict a riot. This is a podcast. Oh, I'm right. Yes. <laughs> there you go. I, I made some. I predict Ben will say, there you go again. Another four <laughs> times at least this episode. I won't. I'm going to say any more <laughs> now. James, have you got any favorite mystics? <laughs> or any predictions? Yeah, any predictions? Yeah, let's have some predictions. Oh, Christ. Because I've said all the good mystics. Okay. Favourite mystic? Oh, yeah. I would have probably gone with the Oracle from The Matrix. That's probably one of my favourite film franchises. Cookie. And then predictions for this year. I think you guys are going to double your listeners this year. 
Ooh. From 560 to 1,120. <gasps> wow. I can't wait for that. That's a good prediction. I like that one. I like that too. And we will find out who is in Belgium. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had any feedback about that. Oh, feedback that I forgot to mention at the start, Ben. Mm-hmm. The smart speaker listener would be my mother. Oh, Mummy Smith. What is she listening to? She's on? the one that says, <laughs> can you play old cars to Smith and Jones? And she does. Thank you very much, Mummy Smith, for being our... The Alexa listener. Oh, I've said it now. Yeah. <laughs> She's always listening. I'm here, Mark. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, what? I'm sorry. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy news number two. Please. This is New Jersey. The twins born on New Year won't share the same birth date or the same birth year. Did you hear about this? No. A couple from New Jersey rang in the New Year in a special way as they welcomed twins, but the babies won't share the same birth date nor the same birth year. So Ezra was born first at 11.48pm on New Year's Eve, and then his brother Ezekiel was delivered 40 minutes later at 12.28am on New Year's Day. They're very American names, aren't they? Ezra and Ezekiel. Sounds a bit Bible-ish to me. <laughs> yeah. A bit Final Fantasy. The brothers were born at Virtua Voorhees Hospital in South Jersey, which said the parents were thrilled at the momentous occasion. Parents, even Billy, are thrilled that their boys are healthy and will have a great birthday story to tell, Virtua Health said. Coincidentally, elder sibling Ezra shares his birthday with his father, also born on New Year's Eve. Meanwhile, two hospitals in Boston welcomed three baby girls exactly at the stroke of midnight, NBC Boston reported. That's it. That's a nice short article for you. Did you say Voorhees Hospital? Mm-hmm. Yes, oh. yes. I know exactly what you're thinking. Yeah, it is spelt the same way as well. Jason Voorhees? Yes, his hospital. There he goes, see murderer, mass murderer, lunatic, and also hospital owner. And hospital Turns out owner. He's, the, he's the chief of surgery. <laughs> Come here, I can lop that off with a gardening fork. <laughs> so, Mark, I mm. made my favourite twins films for you. Favourite <laughs> films with twins in them. Would you like to hear them? Please say Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito are on there. It's got to be the first one, hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The Sperm Milkshake, as it's referred to. That's that's an awesome film. I mean, it's cack, but it's also awesome at the same time. Anything Arnie is worth watching a hundred times. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Get to the chopper. What are you doing? (laughs) And he's sitting in the back with the uh, the other with the bird, and he's got his. uh, his button shirt on and he pops his, just pops his bicep out. So yes, Twins was number one. The second one, Double Impact, where Jean-Claude Van Damme plays himself twice because <laughs> he's that versatile of an actor. I thought he could barely play himself once. <laughs> you should see him with this. He plays twice. He has to speak to nobody. <laughs> and then finally, The Prestige. Have you seen The Prestige? That's actually a good film. What is that? Oh. The Prestige is a film with Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. Thank you, editor. I like both of those. The Prestige is brilliant, mate. Honestly, if I if you've not seen it, out of all them, even though the Twins is a great film, Double Impact Schlock, unless you like Double uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, but The Prestige is a brilliant film. Michael Caine as well was in it. Um, Scarlett Johansson, a lot of big names. Well worth a watch. There you go. How about, have you got any favourite uh, Twins, James? 
you've took the words right out of my mouth. It was Twins, the uh, uh, the Arnie film. Love that film. I like Mary Kate and Ashley. Oh yeah, they did a ton of Disney films, did they not? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think Parent Trap was one of them, the most famous, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a remake. Redo, rehash, remake. Yeah. I used to be obsessed with the Mary-Kate and Ashley sitcom when I was little. What was that called? On, was that on Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon, yeah. It's called mm-hmm. Two of a Kind. Not Sister, Sister. Sister, Sister. Well, they tear and tear and tomorrow. tomorrow. They're yeah. twins as well. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Do either of you two have any friends that are twins? No, I don't actually. No, I went to school with twins. Oh, don't have any friends that are twins. Want Ezra and Ezekiel? Was it? No. <laughs> and then, did you also say that three girls were born as well as? It says two hospitals in Boston welcomed three baby girls exactly at the stroke of midnight. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So it wasn't all three girls, one mum. If you're born at exactly zero zero zero, your birthday is January first, right? Yeah, because that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's the first of January. Yeah, yeah. Wow, interesting. I mean, how crazy <gasps> and crazy news. <laughs> Old passions. So, James, you're going to lead the way a little bit here with me and Mark chiming in. Have you got a passion, sir? I do. <gasps> yes, it's been a passion of mine since. 96 that I remember, but it could have been a couple of years before that. But I was quite young in 96. So, yeah, that was the first season that I actually remember. Season, giving a slight hint, and <sighs> that is Formula One. Which guess say EastEnders there for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Phil and Grant. What? So, admittedly, this is something that Ben and I know little, very next to nothing about. I just say go fast. The whole point of the old passions is that I don't know. We we I, d- I don't know about yourself, Ben, but I love people. I love seeing people talk about something that they're passionate about. I love that's a passion of mine. <laughs> Definitely seeing people be passionate about something that they love. So we we're we're here, James. We are all it is for you to uh, splurge your Formula One passion. Okay, upon us. So. My my passion first started. It was my dad who got me into Formula One. He uh, he watched it from when he was a kid, and then uh, we was doing a reno- well. He was doing a renovation, and he was I was sort of his labourer, so to speak, while he was uh, doing up a village hall. And he brought one of the old box TVs over because it was the final race of the season, uh, and it was Damon Hill versus. Michael Schumacher, I want to say, right down to the very last Grand Prix. Uh, yeah, down to the last Grand Prix. So it was uh, mm-hmm. whoever won the race won the championship. Okay. And it, it was just Damon Hill won it. He's a British driver. Yeah. Uh, he was driving for a British team, which was Williams. My dad used to smoke Rothmans, which was one of the lead, one of the lead uh, brands that sponsored Williams as well. Not that I smoked, because I would have been, what, nine? So Yeah, just 20 a day. <laughs> yeah, hadn't got to 40 by I was 11 and then uh, yeah it's, it's just led on since then so I've watched it pretty much every season I've missed a few seasons don't get me wrong due to uh, work in different environments over weekends and stuff like that and then uh, once it moved over to Sky it was a lot more difficult to 
watch it because I don't have Sky. And then Channel 4 picked it up. And then Channel 4 have got the broadcasting team, which you watch the highlights and stuff, which I prefer to Sky anyway. But the whole thing about Formula One is just the, it's, it's the elite. I mean, they're the top 20 drivers in the world. Yeah. I mean, that we know of, obviously. But they, the way they can process that speed and do that many things at once. Um, they did a test when Michael Schumacher was still racing that he can do 14 different things going at 220 mile an hour at the same time. So judging his cornering speeds, judging his braking zones, judging how much he needs to put on the throttle, uh, you know, and on the steering wheel, they've got different adjustments that they can do like brake balance and, you know, the DRS, which is a thing where the back wing opens. We're getting a bit technical now, but all these different things that they can process within a couple of milliseconds. And it's that that fascinates me and the fact that they can just do it with zero fear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Especially especially in the street races where you are you could literally just put a Rizzler between the tyre and the barrier mm. and they're still doing, even around Monaco, they will get the speed to maybe 180 mile an hour. It's just incredible. Ben and me struggle to play video games and re-chat at the same time. <laughs> I was going to say, I struggle to take a poo and watch TikTok. <laughs> I have to often pause it, garden near it. But for our overseas listeners, Rizla is, uh, I believe, the Americans' call, uh, favorite brand is Zigzags. That's a rolling paper, oh, yes, a cigarette job. paper, everybody. That is so very thin, mm-hmm. not like my belly. So not even a millimeter. Yeah. I understand that our friend Michael Schumacher has 91 wins under his belt. Yes, but he <laughs> he isn't the record holder. Ben's done homework. <laughs> who's done? Who's won the most races? Uh, Without looking was, at Google, uh, Lewis Hamilton, 103. Oh, well done. He's already he's already you done do that work. just off the top of your head. Yeah. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I was always interested. Uh, funny you say, Damon Hill, and he didn't he didn't appear on my figures. But uh, Nigel Mansell was the name I reckon. I mean, say F one. Mm-hmm. I, I was saying to Mark, I think Nigel Mansell, and I say, and I think if I pronounce his name wrong, is it Ayrton Ayrton Senna? Ayrton Senna, yeah, yeah. I, I've watched a few documentaries about him, even though I've not watched a lot of racing. But what well, I know, he was he was killed in his in his prime yeah. almost, wasn't mm-hmm. he? And done that massive crash. Uh, Monza. But, uh, yes. Yeah, in Italy. Yeah. I know uh, we that the first ever Airfix model kit I built with my dad was um, Nigel Man, one of his cars, Nigel Mansell's car. I forget which sponsor back in the day. Was it the Camel? Oh, might have been. Was it the white, yellow, and blue? Yeah, I think it was actually. There's definitely blue in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Schumacher's car, one of Schumacher's cars we built as well. Because um, I can remember reading about, because obviously he was phenomenal. Well, Beyond phenomenal, wasn't he? And his uh, as part of it, and that was back when was it Marlborough was one of his was Ferrari Marlborough back in the yes, day. Yes, yeah, yeah. Are we talk about Rothmans, the cigarette brand. I mean, if Marlboro? you're going back a bit, so if you're going back towards '92, which is which I think was the year when Ayrton died, Michael Schumacher would have been in the Benetton. So he yeah. would have been sponsored by Mold Seven. Didn't Benetton as well have a... Which was like um, a turquoise and green car. Yeah. Didn't That's they why he won his first championship. A superbike. Didn't they do superbikes as well, I want to say, but it might be someone else I'm thinking of. Maybe the same sponsors. Yes, sorry, yes. That's what I meant, yeah. So I must admit, I've I, there's 
didn't Sly Stallone do a film, an F1 film, where he trains a rookie F1 racer, I want to say? Do you remember that? Did they have, might not have been F1 in America. It was F1. Yeah, I remember watching a, uh, it was a film where Sly Stallone trained, he's an ex Schumacher style racer, and he trains up this young kid who reckons he knows it all. A bit like Days of Thunder, but in F1. Oh, I love Days of, I was just about to say Days of Thunder. <laughs> Isn't there one that's about to come out that's being filmed at the moment? It was filmed at Silverstone at the Grand Prix this year. Is it yes, Keanu Reeves? Uh, uh, no, that was the that was the Braun documentary. Oh. Uh, the one with Brad Pitt you're thinking of. Oh, Brad and Pitt, yes. Yeah. yeah, they're doing... Um, I think Lewis Hampton's involved in some way with that. I think the backstory of... That is, is going to be like Brad Pitt is a struggling team and then he fights his way through and ends up winning the championship. That's what I'm guessing the, the storyline is going to be. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have to mention Lewis Hamilton because he is Stevenage born and bred, I is he not? I was about to say, that's my connection, is that I went to the same school as Lewis Hamilton. Stevenage boy. Quite a few big sports people have come out of Stevenage now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there are a few. So, but anyway, sorry, we're going off. But yes, yeah, so I did did a quick bit of fact checking just to see because I wanted to see where Senna came in and Mansell came in, and it was interesting to see that Lewis Hamilton's basically smashing a lot of records at the moment. I I didn't know he was such a. I, I knew he was a successful race car driver, but I didn't know he had that many wins under his belt. That's and Lewis Hamilton's hero is Ayrton Senna, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, James, when, if you win, I presume there's money for winning a race and there's money for you know, um, winning, uh, earnings. Obviously, they earn a wage. But if you win a race, do you know what sort of money first, second, and third will walk? You know, the, does, the, does the driver walk away with whatever the money is, or is it the team? Or So it's, it, it's a little bit different, I, I believe. I don't know the inner workings of it, but as far as I understand, it's where you finish in the Constructors' Championship at the end of the season, which determines how much money the team make. And then the so the Constructors is obviously the team table. So two yep. drivers yep. per team. That creates a table. And then the, uh, the Drivers' Championship, they will be given bonuses on their contracts. So I think Max Verstappen gets paid $50 million a year or something ridiculous like that. Jesus. I think Lewis is about the same. Is that Red Bull? Yeah, so Max Verstappen is Red Bull. He's the yeah. one that's winning and smashing every I see, record. I know some things. There you go. There you go. They get paid in Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 50 million Red Bulls. I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> Where do you want these pallets, Max? <laughs> <laughs> and are they the ones, obviously Ben and I live very near Milton Keynes. Yes, so that's where the Red Bull factory yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yes. <gasps> Not the drink, the, the racing Old men field trip. The racing factory, yeah. The racing team yeah. factory. Can we have a tour, please? James <laughs> says it's all right. Yeah, £350 <laughs> a ticket if you want to go. Oh, is it? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Of course, we're also, we're not a million miles away from Silverstone. I drive past it quite frequently for work. Yeah. Near Northampton. Yep. And then you've got two teams based in Silverstone. I think McLaren and Aston Martin. So they still got teams in it, have they? McLaren? No, um, uh, Maston, Aston Martin. Yeah, well, they they recently came back in. So they, uh, so over the last ten or fifteen years, there's been teams that have come in and out just because of the amount of budget that they have to give the FIA, which is the governing body of Formula One. So F1 is owned by an American company called Liberty Media, and they own all kinds of sports, football teams, yeah, soccer, and 
NFL and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they own the rights to Formula One, but then they have to abide by the rules that the FIA give them. So there was, uh, there's loads of teams that have come in and out, and with budgets expanding and extra races. I mean, we're up to 24 races a season now, whereas back in the days of Senna and Mansell and that, there was maybe 12, 15. Oh, wow. Uh, because they're just punching out these, these races every week near enough. And the buy-in of a team is X amount of millions, and they just, they just can't afford to sustain that level because if they don't get it back, say if they finish last in the constructors, they've spent more to enter than what they have winnings. Mm, you see what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, so it just doesn't make sense for some teams. So some have gone into administration because it, F1 isn't their only expense if you will so and i i imagine if someone writes off a car that's not a very cheap thing to replace either no and <laughs> i think <laughs> each car i think is in the region of about three million dollars yeah <laughs> in terms of development engine everything mm-hmm. like that yeah um yeah so it's not cheap yeah and they're only allowed three chassis per year oh yeah so if you stack it, you can use another one, and then you if if you do where well, you can you can do as many as you like, but then you have to pay for it with a fine, right? Because right. it's set out in the regulation, you can only use a certain amount of chassis uh, and other parts like engines and turbos and all this kind of stuff as well. So where was we going with that? Aston Martin was saying, weren't we? Yeah, I was just saying I didn't know Aston Martin was still in it. So there was a chap, uh, a Canadian fella. He bought a company called Racing Point which was a very pink car. And his brand was BWT Water, which is like a Canadian water. Um, He bought the rights to a company that was struggling, that was in F1 called Force India. Uh, It was owned by a guy called Vijay Malia. And he is apparently still on the run from the Indian government because he (laughs) owes them quite a lot of money. He lives somewhere in Hartford, apparently. So a customer was telling me. So he he sold the company to uh, the Canadian guy. What's his name? Lawrence Stroll. So he then bought the rights to Aston Martin, which he then brought and put it on the team. So a lot of the teams that are today are, they have a history of being in Formula One. They're just rebranded teams, basically. So the Red Bull team is actually the Jaguar team from the early 2000s. And then there's like there's a few other teams that have got, you know, sort of DNA from previous teams that have been in the sport. Names that I might actually recognise then. Yeah, so Jordan, uh, there's yeah. an Irish fellow called Eddie Jordan. He sold his, I think, I believe it went Jordan, then he sold it to Jaguar, and then the Red Bull guy bought Jaguar. So the okay. Red Bull team that is so dominant now, correct me if I'm wrong, I think is uh, the original Jordan team. Okay. Which obviously had a lot of history and heritage in it already. Mm-hmm. Mm. So how much, if I wanted to go and watch, say, is it Silverstone they would race at in the UK or they race at a couple of places in the UK? No, just Silverstone. Just Silverstone. If I wanted to go see a race, James, how much would a ticket cost me? Do you know? So if you're looking at just general admission, yep. where you basically stand on a hill, you over blocks. the fence and just, oh, there they are. Uh if you get them on pre-order or early release, I think you get them for about 100 quid. Okay. That's but not as scary as I thought they you They literally go within about five minutes. Right. And then, it, and then it's the the um, 
the aftermarket sales and the people reselling as well. Yeah. And then if you want like a seated grandstand seat for the weekend, it's probably £300 VIP. You're talking between three and 20 grand for the weekend. Mm -hmm. There's not a shocker. Which is just insane. But yeah, those those general admission tickets are, well, for one, they're pretty pointless, to be honest, because, you know, you'll, you'll be plumped in the middle of nowhere. And normally at the circuit, because you want to see the action, you know, they don't want people just sitting at home watching all of the action. So if you go there, you've got the atmosphere, but then they normally put the big screens up so you can yeah. actually watch the race on the screen. But yeah. if you're in general admission, I think you're quite far away from them. So you, all you see is a few cars pass every now and again. <laughs> Have you ever been to seat yourself? I haven't actually, no. No, it's something on my bucket list. Uh, and if I do go to a race, it's going to be in Belgium. It's going to be at Spa. That brings me perfectly on to what I was going to bring up to you, James, Mr. Kit Which Katkin. Is? I have been to the Formula One. Have you? I went to the Spa Grand Prix in 2004. Well, there you go. Wow. Yeah. So that's the exact one I want to go to. Yeah. That's because it's cheaper than Silverstone mm-hmm. to, to drive to Belgium and watch yeah. the Spa Grand Prix. And that <laughs> track is also absolutely incredible. It's It's got full DNA of, of I was going to test track. you on it. I was going to test your knowledge. Would you be willing to guess at who won the Spa Grand Prix in 2004? 2004? 2004. This is the, I went for the whole weekend. I saw all four days, is it? Mm-hmm. Yep. It would have been back then, yeah. Because they had yep. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, it was, yeah. 2004. I ate lots of waffles and chips with mayonnaise. I'm trying to think who won the championship in 2004. I saw the day I went, the person won the championship, but he didn't win the race. He came second. I think I know. <laughs> it's. I, I would like to say Michael Schumacher or Mika Hakkinen. Ooh, you're in the right country. Not Hakkinen. So it's a Finnish guy. Yeah. Valtteri Bottas is too young, so he wouldn't have been racing then. Very similar to Hakkinen. Raikkonen. Yes, that's the one. Kimi Raikkonen. When I went, Kimi Raikkonen won the race. Michael Schumacher came second, which was enough for him to win the championship that day. Saw that. Any, any guesses who came third? It was the other Ferrari came third. Rubens Barrichello? Correct, sir. Correct. It was Rubens Barrichello. Love Rubens. Look at that knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> it's there somewhere. I have to dig deep. There's a lot of seasons that I should remember. Yeah, I did used to be, obviously, I used to I used to be into it a lot more, but since I that was I was fourteen then, two thousand and four. Since I've become a an actual adult, I sort of just lost interest. And so what what's the reason or do you think you guys could get into Formula One? And what's the reason that you think that you haven't so far? Well, to the unknowledged, it is just cars going around in circles very quickly. <laughs> but you saying you saying all the stuff about them doing a hundred and sixty thousand things at once within milliseconds—that is interesting. But it's, it's also the training and stuff that they have to go through. I mean, yeah, I mean the level of training that these guys go through. I mean, they have to handle, uh, I would say Spa, is because Spa is quite a long track. They do about 50, about 50 laps, I think it is. I've got the wiki up in front of me. The When I went, it was 44 laps. Okay. So, and they race for about an hour and a half, constantly. 
mm-hmm. sort of flat out. And when you're pulling between two and six G, yeah, every single lap, these guys are the pinnacle of fitness as well. Mm-hmm. Like me and Mark, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finely tuned athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, quick eats a sausage roll, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you see me tear tear apart at Greg's. <laughs> I will now give you my word. I will. What? Where can we catch if we want to watch F one? Is it pu- now only on Sky, or is it, can we watch it elsewhere? No. So if you want to watch the highlights, it's on it's on Channel Four. But you have to avoid any technology because for some reason. Well, it's not for some reason. It's because I'm so expressed an interest in it. Google, YouTube, every other platform will try and spoil the race for me because <laughs> yeah. Channel 4 isn't live. It's the highlights. And mm-hmm. they're always aired a couple of hours afterwards. So you have to avoid any technology if you don't want to do spoilers. Does the really exciting guy still do the commentary? Murray Walker. Walker. Is that? There we go, yeah. Di- he died a few go, years ago. Go, go, go! <laughs> <laughs> and he's Damon Hill! <laughs> so I love that guy. <laughs> no, he died a few years ago. Yeah. We lost him. I will now give I will give a race a watch. Uh, Mark and I do have some technology at our fingertips and which will yeah. enable us to watch it. Some dodgy technology. <laughs> <laughs> I will um I will partake uh, my next door old next door neighbour used to be massive into F one, so I know he, I, I was too young to know, but I all my friends were all bikers, so we, we I used to go and watch um uh, like the the super bikes at Rockingham, and I used to go and watch the drag ray. The was it was the uh, Santa Pod. I'd go and watch mm-hmm. the very near us. Yeah, that, that's great. But super bikes and all that we used to watch on every Sunday. I wasn't mm. massive in the racing, but I must admit, going to see it live was amazing. And yeah. The noises they make. Oh my lord! When I went to the Spa Grand Prix, I had earplugs in the whole weekend because I couldn't handle the noise. They they, oh, they, 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 they make a racket. Them things yeah. mm-hmm. proper loud. I mean, they've they've dulled the engines down now, so I think mm. when you watched it, it was either... When the, I went, it was during the era, the proper era of that. They don't make that kind of noise anymore because they use V6 yeah. hybrids. But, yeah, they still make a decent roar. Mm. Oh, definitely. But we shall... Uh, I promise you I shall watch a race because I know I've been watching all the controversy that in Las Vegas... Where they're covering all the, oh, all the glass yes. with, with like that stuff to make so no one can watch it. That was unbelievable. For free. So uh, yeah, I, I give my word. I should watch a race. If you, if you was to suggest the race to watch at a certain track, what would you suggest? Well, the first race is on the twenty eighth of February, and that's in Bahrain. I would reckon. Well, that's a nighttime race, isn't it? The Bahrain one. Yes, it will be. Yeah, nighttime. Yeah, they do a few nighttime in Bahrain. races. Yeah. Got headlights on them. So it's completely floodlit. <laughs> the whole... Floodlit. Oh, floodlit. I was going to say, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they beams and all that. Yeah, they're trying to make the sport more exciting, which in terms of tracks and the entertainment value, they are. But uh, the trouble is people get very complacent with it because there's always periods of dominance. Even, well, in any sport there is really, isn't there? I mean, you'll have, you know, like Manchester United, for example, when they won X amount of seasons in a row and then Manchester mm-hmm. City and people get sort of put off by that. But I like to think Max's dominance, which he's won the last three championships in a row, uh, 2023, very, very comfortably. It was about 200 270 points in front of anybody else. Uh, so you get yeah. 25 points for a race win. He won all but three races last year. His teammate won two, 
and Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari, he won one. So Red Bull won all but one race last oh, season, yeah. So which is utter dominance by a team. And people get put off by it the same when Lewis was winning everything. Yeah, a lot of people say that but the fastest car wins. the. Yeah, but it's just the level of dominance that he is able to sustain on an almost weekly basis. I mean, he's only, what, 24, 25. But, and, and also Adrian Newey, who is one of the, probably one of the best uh, technical officers that's ever been in the sport. He's done, he was at Williams, he designed their car when they were winning. He designed the Braun when they won their uh, maiden season. He did the Ferrari with Michael Schumacher and then he, and now he's doing Red Bull. So all of these championship winning cars he has designed. But what I love about Adrian Newey is that he, he doesn't use any CAD technology. He draws every single design by hand. Right. And then he gives that to the team and then they create it from his drawings. But yeah, it, it's just if you look at all the records that Max has broken, I mean, he's he's managed to lead more than a thousand laps in a single season. Uh, the biggest win ratio, 86% or something ridiculous. And it, it's just a new level of dominance that we're seeing that you'll probably, well, you'll see it in this lifetime, whether you see it again or Max carries on, who knows? Mm. Because towards the end of 2023, you had the likes of McLaren, Ferrari and Mercedes were all sort of edging closer to them. So there's no regulation change this, yeah, for this year. So yeah, we don't we don't know what's going to happen until the first race. So do you think Verstappen is going to go on to break all the records? I think he will get very close, but in 2026, that's when the new regulation change comes in, and this this is a big one. Right. So they have to. I, I don't know the full ins and outs of it, but it's they they have to make a certain amount of changes to make the sport more sustainable. So it'll be a lot more hybrid dependency mm. rather than fuel. I mean, that's interesting. I like that. At the minute, more of a level playing field, do you think? It could be, or it could throw a complete surprise in the mix. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you take the 2009 season when Jensen Button won the championship with Braun, uh, that was the old Honda team. Then, when the financial crisis hit, and oh, by the way, if uh, the the Braun documentaries on Disney Plus, so if you want to watch a uh, a really fascinating story about a team that came from nowhere. Um, and did incredible things in one season, then I'd definitely recommend it. And Keanu Reeves is like the host of it. So he gets all the people in from Braun back from 2009 to talk about their season as a whole. Uh, it's a really good watch, 34 episodes. It's amazing that a company that made shavers could also make... Um, oh, no, no, no. So it's not, B, it's not B-R-A-U-N. <laughs> it's the guy Sorry, Ross no, Braun. No, I only put it in egg face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like Red Bull they keep cheating because you know, I mean I understand what they're winning they keep giving them wings well it's the wings on it yeah it's the yeah. wings <laughs> and because the car's made out of Coke cans it's so much lighter <laughs> I mean Red Bull cans why did I say Coke cans <laughs> yeah Mark get the brand right yeah <laughs> well I'll tell you what it is, it is very nice as Mark said at the start it's great to see someone so passionate about the thing as amount of people that especially I, I asked that question in the workplace, the amount of people who don't seem to have any, you know, like, um, you know, so what would you do? You know, obviously you go home and you you do the, you know, do the ironing, you do put the washing on, you over the carpet. What What's your thing? You know, is it football? Is it tiddlywinks? Is it walking dogs? Is it falconry? Is it snooker? Is <laughs> it? And the amount of times people say, no, I don't really do that. 
Oh, right, okay. So, oh, okay. <laughs> Fair play, and it's really nice to see, mate. Honestly, you could, you could hear in your voice. It's me and Mark, she'll definitely both watch a race. She will give us, yeah, will give us our, will give us, it will give us a, a good perspective on the F1 experience. Hmm. So, a race I'd recommend is definitely one of the more traditional circuits. So, the likes of Monza or Spa or Silverstone. I'd be interested to watch Spa again. Just to see how much has changed since I went there twenty years ago. Crazy. Fuck. You all get Fuck. <laughs> you all custard. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for that, uh, James. We really do appreciate your uh, your old passion there. You're welcome. James, do you have something you would like to ask us? I did. But I closed the tab. So give me one second <laughs> and I will get it back again. Because I thought I'd do a little bit of a different spin on rather than the, oh, if you're going to an island, what three things would you take? Or would you rather eat shit or die alone? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Definitely eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a brain teaser for you. Ooh. <laughs> so are you ready? Ready. Never. The number 8 billion, 549 million, 176,000, 320 is a unique number. What is so special about it? Does it contain all the numbers between 0 and 9 once? Yes, but there's a second part to it as well. Is it a prime number? No, that doesn't make sense. No. Is it what Donald Trump his right leg is worth? <laughs> <laughs> or his hair do? <laughs> No. <laughs> is it the amount of tax that Gary Barlow owes? <laughs> I'm not very good at these things, Mark. Is it the amount of tax that Bernie Eccleston owes? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> right, Mark, you're, you're going to be our man here. Come on, you're already getting there. It's the amount of times that Ben has said, I'd rather eat poo. God, I'll tell you what. It's the amount of time, the number of times this episode Ben has said, there you go. <laughs> and you know what? I've not said it since. I've wanted to say it. So you were on the, shall I tell you what it is? Go on. So you were on the right lines, Mark. It's the only number including every digit arranged in alphabetical order. Oh, so it started with eight. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What was it? Eight. Sorry, 549 million, 176,320. I like it. As soon as he went past, when it started with million, that's where I I stopped listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not going to get this. As he was saying it, I was was writing the number out in my head. And I was like, okay, I, I I can see that this is only one number once. It's a good one, though. Yeah, like, like another. Go on. Right. Ready? Go on. Mm-hmm. What is unusual about the following words? Revive, banana, grammar, voodoo, assess, potato, dresser, uneven. Something to do with double letters. They were ruling the prodigy's voodoo people, so... Voodoo people. (laughs) Bananas, potato. The longest sun title ever. (laughs) Say say the words again. 
Revive. Revive. Banana. Banana. Grammar. Grandma. Yep. Voodoo. Voodoo. Assess. Ass. Ass. Potato. Potato. Dresser. Dresser. Uneven. Uneven. Is it that they all have two lots of two letters in them? No. Because Revive has two E's and two V's. Banana has two A's, two N's. Grandma has two A's, two M's. Voodoo. Oh, Voodoo, it? Voodoo has four O's. Oh, is it that they have four of the same letter in them? No. no that doesn't make sense. Is it a name of a dish that an ADH person has come up with? <laughs> Would you like? <laughs> but Voodoo Banana Potato. Like dictionary soup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, I can smell it. <laughs> is it something to do with Scrabble? No. We're not, we're not shining very good here, Mark. It's got to be something to do with the double letters. Mm-mm. Think about the first letter. Help. <laughs> My brain's just imploded. I know that you can't spell the word assess without the word ass. <laughs> <laughs> he said another word for bottom. <laughs> no, there's no I in team, but there's nine pie. Mm, I don't know. And that's all the time yeah. we have tonight. Right. So it was to do with the first letter. If you take the first letter of each word, mm. place it at the end, it will spell the same word backwards. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. Didn't get it, it but I liked it. It does as well. Crazy, isn't it? Wow, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Ben, I put it in the uh, the script just so you could see the words as well. It, it, it does. You've rinsed me. Numbers and word things, you've rinsed me. James has killed my brain. Yep, now that we're completely brain dead, let's get the hell out of here. It was a good one. I liked it. Thank you very much, James. Thank you Thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you yeah, well, so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for being, thank you for being passionate. Thank you for Passion. your... Brain melting questions as well. <laughs> no, not something you want at half past nine on a Sunday. But no, 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 no. Honestly, we like that. It's been a joy having yes, you. Yes, very much so. James, do you have anything to plug or promote before we close? You guys. Ah. Uh... I just want to take the time and say how brilliant you guys have been. What are we out? Episode eighteen. Seventeen. This one official. This is, but we've had yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but you guys have been great. You've kept me company on my long drives to and from here, there, and everywhere. And, uh, yeah, it's really a pleasure to listen to you. And to hear your – I was really proud to hear your statistics last week. I thought that was really great. Um, What was it, 560 downloads, was it? Or 560 listeners or something like that? Uh, But, yeah, that's just incredible. So hats off to you guys. Oh, thank you, Jay. Honestly, it's no. We we always ask for people to connect with us in any way, shape, or form. We really do appreciate if you are listening. We know you your ears are busy. You haven't got no one's got a lot of time anymore in this world. So it's nice to hear someone say it. It really does. It, it was a it's a passion project for Mark and I, and we really do appreciate you saying good things. And we hope that your Baba Yaga um, <laughs> predictions are right. And we become world pop star, pop, 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 pod star sensations. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you very much, mate. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Wonderful. Who have you been, Mark? 
I have been Smith. You can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Marco And I have been Jones. You can catch me at twitch.tv forward slash benbis81. Uh, for everything old men related please go to our link tree which is uh, l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash old men army for everything old related including this podcast the discord and of course the merchandise and the other old men's twitch channels and the youtube channel Oh, and the YouTube channel yes please go and watch my unwrapping of poos from uh, Mommy Smith <laughs> It's very entertaining, and the Old Men Day Out as well. That's very entertaining too. Um, we shall. I unfortunately, I shan't be with us uh, for next Sunday due to our, uh, other commitments. But Mark will be having on surprise co-hosts with him throughout the uh, f- throughout the, at least the first good chunk of the year. So I'm interested to see who Mark has on, uh, blasting out new facts and figures for you all to listen to, or different perspectives. I think that's um that's that's us, is it not? What do we normally yeah. say at this bit? Love you bye. <laughs> Love you bye. Old Casters with Smith and Jones.